your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! ...with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with... Just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from the Florida Keys. It's a beautiful day in the Florida Keys. Um, I guess the last couple days, I people say, hey, Jim, when are you going to get back to uh, talking about bartending? Well, who knows when? Because sometimes there's big things out there and... Uh, you heard me mention in the previous podcast episodes that this is my thing. This is my kind of like pastime. This is what I did. This is what I read about when I was in in uh, junior high, high school, college. Uh, things I studied was world events and strategy and uh, war doesn't make yeah obviously people say it doesn't make you an expert you're you're a bartender you're a bartender well you know what I consider myself a historian I do and it uh, some people use platitudes such as hey um, you know Jim they tell me the Ukrainians are pretty much Russian. No, they're not. And there's a long history of, yes, there has been associating forced association between Russia and the Ukraine, uh, but that they're separate now speaks to their separate cultures and separate language. But really, kind of really bothers me. It, you see as evidenced around the world by all different news sources, Russia attacked the Ukraine. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. The Ukrainians aren't going into Russia. Now, there is propaganda all over the place, right? Both sides, both sides. I understand that. But what you, you adhere to, try to adhere to the propaganda of the right side. Just like the Allies during World War II. The Allies had propaganda and the Axis had propaganda. And yes, the Allies did some things like firebombing of big cities, but the Axis was the aggressor in almost all cases. And most of the things the Axis did to civilians and sanctioned civilian violence, violence against civilians and consequences, concentration camps and genocide and all that, that was committed by the Axis. Now, if you, in a little known 
part of American history. People don't really reflect upon it. In the late 1930s, there was a American First Party, an American Bund, B-U-N-D. And it was set up by German Americans, but a lot of other people of Aryan stock or considered white Aryan stock in the United States joined the American Bund movement. It also became American First. And generally, they were apologists and supporters of the Axis. Hitler, in particular, the Axis in general. And they had a big rally in the um, Madison Square Gardens. And we, I'm going to be posting a poster of that. I, I've been posting on my site. But there was a segment of American society before they entered the war that thought that the Germans and the Italians and not necessarily Japan, but the Germans had an idea that wasn't totally rejectable. And until, I'd have to say, America entered the war in December of 1941, then there was still a, a sizable minority of people that uh, would have supported Germany. And there were uh, high-level American uh, diplomats and politicians that spoke well of it. Matter of fact, Charles Lindbergh was kind of an apologist and friendly with the Nazi, Nazi regime. In, in through the 30s until the 1940s. There was a movie, uh, an HBO mi uh, miniseries set up by uh, uh, an Arthur Roth based on a story by Roth called, uh, God, I forgot what it was. Oh, oh. Oh, it was a good, it was a good show. I'm not going to talk about it, but it was on, it was on HBO two years ago. And it was about Ch Charles Lindbergh winning uh, he ran for president and beating uh, FDR. FDR was not a pro proponent of the Nazis, as well as well as Winston Churchill. So, to be an apologist for a dictator and the losing side and the ingress aggressor really kind of speaks well for your character. When I say speaks well for your character, it speaks a, a description of your character if you side with someone like that. And I'd have to give the lion's share of, in, in general, just saying this by just the overtone, even with most Fox news reports, most Americans are heavily favoring uh, or sympathetic with the Ukrainians. And to be on the side to say that Putin is a good strategist, he knows what he's doing, I think it smacks strongly, strongly of white supremacism. That could be the only reason. There is no way that any of our interests align with the Russians. The way they aggress them. People say, well, America's been bad about it. Yeah, I understand that. But we're pretty much in league with the Ukrainians and NATO. If you're not in league with NATO and the Ukrainians, then you're in league 
with the Russians. And I, I did see a man three, four years ago, or it was about four or five years ago, some two older gentlemen wearing rather, rather be Russian than a Democrat. There you go. That's enough said. That's traitor. That's traitors to the core. The America is a two-party system. In some way, three-party, if you count, you know, of the other parties that are out there. But two major parties. And if you're suggesting you'd rather have Russia as the dominant organization in your country, you're a traitor. That's it. And the Ukrainians are that way right now, and they're resisting, and they're and they're putting their lives on the line. They're putting their lives on the line rather than surrender to the uh, Russians. There, uh, Putin has and his foreign policy team has put out their feelers, and they I think they were accepted by the Ukrainian government to meet near the Belarusian border to have negotiations. Who knows what's going to be said there? I think what might be said is pretty much echoed by what Lavrov said the day before. Lavrov is a foreign minister for the Russian government, close ally of Putin. And he says, we would do, uh, the Russian forces would quickly pull out of the Ukraine if Ukraine would uh, promise never to join NATO, and a couple other things. So if they reiterate these things and say, we want some more breakaway regions in eastern and southeastern Ukraine to be recognized by the Ukraine as separate states, then and the promise for NATO, like I said before, I don't think it's going to be happening. Blood has been spilt the people of the Ukraine are voting with their lives. They're voting with their lives, resisting uh, Russian advances to, uh, for Putin to think that this, this government will come back and say that they surrender or they will acquiesce and give uh, what agreements to the Russians when the whole world is in their corner. And yes, it is tough for them. They are still on the weak side. They're Ukrainians. They're, sm- they're fighting with small arms against tanks, tank columns. They're doing well with controlling their airspace. They're getting even more anti-aircraft capabilities from NATO and the United States and NATO members, they're getting anti-armor. And when they spread that out and they're able to attack these columns, which they had, these columns that are supported when tanks and armor personnel carriers come in, they have to be escorted with Russian fuel trucks. And without the Russian fuel trucks, because the engines that, that are used by the Russians are not long-haul engines, meaning they use a lot of fuel. They use a ton of fuel. And if you don't have fuel to back up the invasion, you're done. You you created a a gun emplacement, and if they could take out the support vehicles in there, it's just a tank that's sitting there ready to be picked off. 
Yeah, moving tank is uh, is a better than a non-moving tank. So one of the heroes that was created was a gentleman, and I think I'll post him for the title of the uh, episode. That on the on the approach to one of the cities, I don't know if it's Kiev or not, but I don't want to go in deep depth in the story. But the gentleman uh, was blowing the the bridge in order to stop the advancement of Russian uh, material. And he stayed behind, blowing himself up. But there's many more heroes. And there's very few heroes so far on the Russian side, if there's any at all. Uh, There are initial stories of some mutinies by Russian troops that do not want to go into the hornet's nest, which is quickly becoming Ukraine as its soldiers and civilians participating together. The civilians are not bystanders. When you induct the civilians into fighting, then you have everyone. You have grandmothers, grandfathers, uncles, aunts, moms, dads, daughters, sons, just everyone's fighting. Everyone is a soldier. Everyone is a soldier. Yes, and yes, and the Russians have tanks and aircraft and artillery, but they don't have heart. And they don't have the motivation of defending their homeland. They can say they're defending the homeland existentially by saying, we're doing this to denazify Ukraine, but Ukraine is not... They're calling him. They're calling him Nazis. They even have a friend that called the, one of my friends, who's quite progressive, says that uh, Zelensky's surrounded by Nazis, and people get confused when someone's called a Ukrainian nationalist because nationalist was used with the Nazi Party, but being a nationalist means they believe in the integrity of Ukraine as a country. That is not part and parcel a section of Russia or Russian Empire. Right? And you you being proud of your heritage, yes, there were some bad things that occurred with Ukraine and there may be some territorial claims on it, but they are not claiming for a certain amount of people that to be excluded from Ukraine. They're not calling for the extermination of Russian speakers as Putin and his allies are suggesting. And there are people in the United States who believe that because a former political leader of the United States, former president, would admire the Russian leader who currently is in a dangerous situation, which I want to talk to you about a little later. But he admires him. And he kept them safe before. And people said he wouldn't, that Putin wouldn't have invaded the Ukraine if Trump was in office. Which may have been a possibility, may have been a possibility, but it wouldn't have been for the reasons they thought it was. 
I think it might have been a possibility if Trump had his dream come true, and his dream was about dismembering NATO and getting rid of it, or Americans participate America's participation in, in it. With America not being in the position uh, of leadership in NATO, uh, Europe would have had to go it alone and wouldn't have had the necessarily more backbone than we have. Now, Europe may have decided to hold tight. May have decided to hold tight. And Europe did and did promote U- uh, Ukrainian membership. Yes, the invasion would have happened either way. And we did discuss later the, the results of this invasion very well could be a tightening of NATO uh, membership and an increase with countries such as uh, Sweden and Finland and then eventually um, Ukraine and maybe a couple different republics too. Who knows? So in the end, we do have uh, a pseudo negotiation going on near the Belarusian border. There's several things that could occur with that, and and any of those negotiations, I don't see Russia saying that that Ukraine ha- has to show up, but Ukraine is going to try to s- solicit or elicit a response from the Ukraine that includes all those things I mentioned before, or they could be using it as a red herring, meaning to distract the Ukrainians and conducting different operations. Possibility. Because in no way, in no way is this going to work out for Putin if he doesn't get any of these things he's asking for, a, a promise of a, a neutral Ukraine. Uh, giving up of those areas, if he if he gets nothing, if he gets nothing, then it is a loss, and he just wasted his time, and he's an international pariah for doing those things because he violated the territorial integrity of a neighboring country without any approval from the international community. Or any legitimate reasoning, his reason is different. So we have Russian propaganda doing it and things like that, uh, bursting all over the internet. People siding one way or another, but it, it seems like most people are side side of the good side. This side, the good the good fight, which is Russia losing to the Ukraine and retreating eventually. And we're seeing these capabilities that Russia isn't that capable. Again, small arms and things like that. They definitely are not impressive. They're not overwhelming. How would they deal with a full-throated NATO response with advanced weaponry from NATO, with fighter jets, tanks, shoulder-filed missiles, uh, Artillery, rockets, cruise missiles, the advanced NATO navies. The U.S. Navy by itself can overwhelm Russia, let alone 
all the other navies, members of the member states. So it would look like we were looking at a paper tiger, more like a paper bear. But unfortunately, this bear has some teeth, and these teeth are nuclear. They are the holders of the largest nuclear arsenal in the world right now. Um, Ukraine used to be the third largest holder of nuclear arsenal, and after their independence, they turned over their nuclear weapons to Russia when they were on friendlier terms. And it would have been a little different had they kept some of them. But in the in, in the belief of non-proliferation, Ukraine was able, you know, they, they gave up the weapons in order to consolidate them in Russia so there's more control there. Now, what does Putin do? Because things aren't going so well with him. To put it, make it a little scarier for the West, he put his nuclear system on alert. An alert is like an uptick of just uh, getting ready. The, the visualized thing. It's a threat. And if he believes that he could fall out of favor and fall out of power, and if he is the only person, the authority that needs to launch, there is a danger there. There's a danger there. But there would always be a danger there, just like there's a danger in North Korea. I know people say, well, we should just do what he's, you know, we should just do what he said. Well, what happens next time? Are we going to do this all the time? Yeah, the cat's out of the bag. It's a horrible decision. It's a horrible decision to make it now. And the world hangs in the balance. But eventually, eventually Putin's going to do something that pisses people off and stuff like that. And it's going to be either now or next year or the year afterwards. The good thing, the good things that comes out of this is there's a possibility if he thinks he can get out of it too unscathed or not too scathed, that's S-C-A-T-H-E-D, meaning that he thinks he can recover, then nothing will happen. But the Chinese observing this, if they do back out, if, they're, if we're able to stop this, if the Ukrainians themselves, backed by NATO, backed by our resupply of resistance and the sanctions against Russia, stops them. It's able to stop them. And I, you notice I said Ukraine first. Then China will have to think twice about doing that in Taiwan. And it'd be a dry run. And Taiwan in mean, China is looking closely and they learn lessons. The Chinese are smarter that way. But then again, they got a dictator too, where he pretty much a couple of years ago had the laws changed so he could be president for the rest of his life. So we'll deal with that later. So for now, saluting the um, Ukrainians again. Thank you for everyone for doing their part. If you want to, donate. Donate. Okay, to get back. I'm going to get back. I'm still bartending. Yes, I'm still bartending. Jim, it sounds like you're just doing political commentary. Yes, I'm bartending. 
I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But I love my regulars. I do love my regulars. I love the tourists. I love the people that come in. I enjoy them. I love meeting new people. But every so often, I get tired of it. And I think I'm getting tired of it. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, it seems like. I don't want to stop bartending. Part of it's because I'm doing this podcast. Part of it is I've been doing it so long. It's hard to think that I can do it, do something else. But I'm going to try to do something else and try to stay bartending. Try to branch out a little more. I know I'm doing other things right now, but there's only so many signings and notary things I could do. Maybe I can pick something else up. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm going to try it because it is not working now. I am just going down the rabbit hole and the rabbit hole is dark. And I'm just, my attitude is getting shittier and shittier. I do meditation before I go into work. I think of all the positive things I get out of it. It's just that the whole thing gets to me. Home gets to me. I think it started out because I have a, a group I belong to on Facebook that is service members, people in the service industry who no longer drink. And someone mentions, how can you keep on serving alcohol when it's like poison? And I thought, I thought about all the things I talked to you about before. That yeah, it's kind of poison to me, but it's not less poison for them. But then I have other people that do do the same kind of drinking that I do. And maybe there it's a possibility. Maybe life is fine for them. Maybe it is. Or maybe it isn't. And it just stuck with me, that quote. Why do I still do it? And I think, well, I do it because it doesn't bother. Maybe I can pass the word on to people. Like this, it's a possibility you can still bartend and be sober. And you can tell people that, look, this is me being sober. And I have a good time. Maybe you can do it. Maybe you can discover it. I'm not trying to turn the world sober. I'm just saying some people need it more than others. But that comment still bothered me. I'm thinking, do I contribute to it? I mean, someone could say to me, I know that uh, playing the devil's advocate says, if you don't do it, someone else will. And that someone else won't say anything about, maybe you should watch out. Maybe you should watch how much you're drinking. I mean, if only I knew there was a tangible answer, meaning saying, like, Jim, I'm not tricky because of you. I definitely don't want to be the cause of someone's drinking. I don't think I am the cause for drinking. If I died today and I couldn't show up at work, obviously if I died, I wouldn't show up at work. But I'm sure people would keep on drinking. No one would stop drinking because of me not showing up at work. There'd be another bartender there. So... I just got to deal with it. And it's just one of the things that adds to it. I'm thinking, what am I doing here? 
and that's my demon I have to depose. Well, it is Sunday. I want to thank you for listening. I have a all over the place. I have a lot of downloads locally. I haven't had a lot of downloads at Key West. Or, you know, I realize you're busy in Ukraine. You're not going to be listening to podcasts. Oh, in the middle of it, like while you're in your air raid shelter in Ukraine, you're going to be listening to Ukrainian. Why would you be listening into, to an English podcast from the Florida Keys referring to it? I don't know. And Jim, why you as a bartender on an English podcast in the Florida Keys commenting. I don't know. Just because I'm interested. I'm interested in it. Not that, you know, it doesn't stop me from coming in on the Super Bowl or the Oscars or some other sport. Actually, I don't comment on too many sports, do I? It's not my thing. The only sport, I mean, I watch football, and when football's over, I wait for football to come back. That's it. Maybe watch a little cornhole. Yeah, it's funny. Every so often, cornhole, if you don't know what cornhole is, it's like on ESPN 6 or 8, ESPN 8. And cornhole is like, it's a bag of corn in burlap, little sack, square sack. It's about... Three to four inches wide, square, full of corn, and it's an inclined board of set about the same distance as you would put horseshoes apart. And there's a small hole in the center, and what you do is you throw the bean bag towards the board that's inclined, and you try to get it in. And you point that way. Yeah, they have a cornhole championship or cornhole league. And it's sponsored by Johnsonville Brats or Sausages or whatever it's called. Or it was. Just like curling. Like curling, we saw curling. Every time there's Olympics, we saw seeing curling. Uh, We didn't watch it this time. There weren't a lot of people watching Olympics this time. Because of all the bullshit with the uh, Russian skaters and... And crap like that. And I didn't comment on it. It's a shame for the Russian girl and stuff like that. But, you know, and I know they're not the only ones cheating, but the Russians are so widespread and thorough with their... I'm sorry. I'm sorry for pissing you guys off. I'm not going to get a huge Russian listenership here. Eventually going to say, this fucking bartender does not like the Russians. But I do like Venezuelans, Cubans, Irish, German, uh, Kenyans, Polish. Did I put Polish in there? Uh, Chinese, Japanese. I do like Russians. I like Russian people. I mentioned Ukrainian, Slovakians, Czechs. They're all nice people. It's just different I guess they're different manifestation. Putin is a manifestation of a bad Russian. Just like maybe there was something like, in the, I'm sure there's Americans like that. Manifestation of bad Americans. When we did our shit. Whenever we're doing our shit. 
but that doesn't mean you hate all Americans. Right? The one thing the Russians got right, or Putin got right, is saying, we don't have a problem with you, Ukrainians. We have a problem with your leadership. But the problem is, they've been killing regular Russians and killing regular soldiers and destroying regular Russian property, I mean, Ukrainian property. And now it's they take it personally. They are attacking Ukrainians. So paying, paying lip service to that, we are not attacking Russians. We are going after your leadership. And it's a shame that the Russians are going to suffer for that. Eventually. I guess tomorrow morning we'll find out. Or start. And what time is it now? It is currently 5.30. So it's around... Uh, two in the morning, so in about seven hours. By the time 12.30, 1 o'clock here rolls around, the markets open up in Moscow, we will see what happens to the ruble and the stock market. And we'll see the continuing decline. Uh, the Russians are going to have to, my guess is the Russians are going to have to get some things started on the ground in Ukraine. They're going to probably be a lot brutal, more heavy-handed if they can, because the Ukrainians, there's more volunteers pouring in and more weapons and things like that. So the, the resistance probably will, if not stiffen, will be sustained. And the Russians can't figure out how to overcome that. It's just going to get to be a quick drain for them. Right now, I'll wager at least 4,000 Russian soldiers are dead and the right, uh, I think the Ukrainians have asked the International Red Cross to please help them remove some of the Russian bodies because the Russians are leaving soldiers behind, dead soldiers behind. And uh, hopefully the mutinies of uh, Russian soldiers, they had the conscription army and uh, their contract, they call them contract army, they're just in there for one year. They will... Um, probably try to back out, try to resist, and we'll see, try to resist being pushed into Ukraine and be used as cannon fodder. And that's a shame, too. But that's all I have to say for today. Thank you very much, and I will be back uh, maybe tomorrow or Tuesday. Take care, and God bless. God bless the Ukraine. Keep on fighting. The, I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill-up. 